0: starting you feeling like you're spinning all the plates in your design business and at any moment they could all come crashing down? Are you feeling like you're so close to breaking through to the next level, but those consistent projects still aren't flowing your way? Are you ready to finally take your business from a hobby to 100 k and beyond? Then welcome to the Six Figure Designer Podcast. I'm talking all the techniques you need in your design business to start paying yourself, get great clients, and finally break through that five-figure ceiling. So, hey kids, good to have you back with me, Um, nice to have you listening again. So today we're going to be talking about time and I know that you have surely thought at the end of the day, where the hell did all my time go? Or I didn't even get to do the work that I was expecting to do. So today we're going to be talking about ways that you can buy back your time. We've all heard about, and I'm a big fan of time blocking and managing your time. But this is a little bit of a different spin on it. This is how do we buy back your time, which means how can we either hand things off or get rid of items that we're doing so that we are freeing ourselves up to do the type of work that lights us up, that makes us money. Sounds really interesting, right? So this came up in my mastermind group that we have. And the things that were coming up that, that designers were saying is, you know, it's three o'clock in the afternoon and I haven't done any of the things that I was supposed to do today. And even with help in the office, they're just, you know, answering a bunch of questions from the people in the office. They're not actually freeing up any time to do the work that they thought they were going to be able to do. They're still not getting anything done. And there's a couple underlying factors to that. One is We are notoriously terrible at relinquishing control, and I'm sure a few of you are nodding your heads at this, but ultimately it is our undoing. We cannot control everything, and we also have to realize that no matter what, if we hire someone to help us in our business, they're never going to do it exactly how we would do it, and they're never going to do it the way maybe we would want them to do it, but But we're giving it up we're allowing someone else to take that off their plate so you kind of have to really come to terms with that and then the other thing that i see is that we may actually need a different resource than we're initially hiring for and we're going to talk about that in a little bit so first of all i want you to think about time as a currency meaning the time that you're spending on things is actually has a dollar amount to it. And I talk a little bit about this in my book, but think of time as having a dollar amount. So there are $10 tasks, $100 tasks, $1,000 tasks, and $10,000 tasks. Now the $10 task would be things like answering the phone, checking email, setting up appointments, right? Things like that. And then let's go to the other end of the spectrum. The $10,000 tasks would be the items that really move the needle. You should be out there shaking hands and kissing babies because you are the face of your business. You should be working on creating relationships, cultivating relationships, encouraging referrals. Right? And so those are the $10,000 tasks. For some reason, We all love to work on those $10 tasks because checking the box and getting those little things, those little tasks off the list are extremely satisfying for some reason, which they are. I mean, I hear you, I do it too, but we have to really be thinking about really like what the hell are we doing? And if we want it to be different, if we want it to be better, we've got to start making some changes, right? So let's go back to the two biggest issues that I see that people have when they hire people to help them in their business, or they ask for some help. We are notoriously terrible at relinquishing control. So we're really not letting people do their job. And there's a couple things that are happening there. When they can just ask us a question and we give them the answer. We're encouraging them to continue to ask us questions because it's easy. They don't have to research. They don't have to look because, you know, you have probably 4,000 little tiny details in your head. You know, Joe, the window installers, you know, number by heart and you can rattle it off. So why should they have to like search around for it when you can just give them the answer right away? So we have to stop doing that because we're encouraging them to just ask us because it's easier, right? And so what's happening is the interruptions never stop. So then you never get the time to do what you need to do or have any concentrated amount of time to really get into a design or an issue or a marketing question or some kind of um, new business venture that you want to do. And then the other thing is we're not letting them fail. We're not letting them learn we're not letting people figure it out and if any anyone that's ever hired someone in their business knows it's a painful process it's not like you hire somebody and it's it the next day all of those things that you wanted to hand off are just handed off they have to figure out how you do it what's your way maybe you're super organized and have everything written down and and i speaking to one person in particular to my mastermind group that has a process for everything, but she's still having issues with people asking a million questions. So we have to let them fail a little bit. That is painful. That does not, you know, help us when we want to, you know, control everything, but we're going to have to let that do it. It will eventually get better. I call it purgatory because it's almost like You're ready to hire someone and you're at the end of your rope. And then you go ahead and hire someone and think that it's all done. Click, click. It's we're, we're moving on and we can do that. No, you go into purgatory because it's super painful because you're training and they're asking a million questions and there's certain ways to mitigate that. But you know, that part is a process and you have to realize that once you hand something off, it's not completely handed off, but we have to let them learn and we have to let them fail a little bit. The other big issue that I see so many designers doing is when they hire help, they immediately assume that they need to hire a design assistant. And I'm wondering if there isn't a different resource there that you should be thinking about when you're contemplating hiring a person to help you as opposed to an interior design assistant maybe an executive assistant. Um, I recently just hired an executive assistant and I have to say, um, it's definitely a learning experience because I have to train myself to hand things off and that is extremely hard. And this is one of the things that I'm finding myself doing is say for instance, an email comes in and I was like, well, I can just answer that email myself. That's two seconds. Why would I send a note to the EA to answer this email when I can just do it in two seconds? It's going to take me longer to send her a note, right? That's what we're thinking in our heads. And I'm sure you're thinking that as well. But now we're not realizing, first of all, how many times a day that happens. You know how many emails you get. And then the other thing is you're not realizing that generally you send an email back and there is almost always an additional clarification, maybe as they do in my world, you ask three questions, they only answer one of them. So there's still two outstanding questions that need to be answered. So there's all this back and forth and that's the fallout from saying, oh, I can just send this myself. It'll be quick. It's never quick to just remember that it's never quick. So you have to really train yourself to be like, what can I hand off? to that person and let them work on all the back and forth until that item is completed. Here's the other thing that I realized when I first started working with this executive assistant that I didn't know. I just assumed that she didn't know certain things. Um, So for instance, we were setting up, the first thing we did was set up an email for her. And I was like, all right, well, let me talk to the person that can help us figure that out and at all of that. And I'll get back to you. And she said, okay, next thing I know, I'm thinking, wow. She says, I know how to set that up. And I was like, you do. And she went and set it up. She said, do you have a footer on your email? I told her I did. She said, send me your email. She's like, I'll just duplicate it. And bing, bang, boom. Four minutes later, the, her email was set up with the footer ready to go. I didn't even know that that was something that she would know how to do. So I think that we can't always assume that the person we are working with wouldn't know how to do certain things. It's always good to have that open communication and talk about, Hey, we need to do this email. Perhaps do you know how to set this up? They may say yes. Or you could say, I don't know how to set it up and maybe you don't know how to set it up, but we have a web person or technical person. Who does, can you contact them and get your email set up? That's the other thing we try to, like, we keep taking things back. Like we want to be mama bear, right? Like we want to control and take everything back and be like, I'll get that to you. I'll make it easy for you. No, we need to be handing things off going, go figure that out. See if you can figure that out. Here's another thing that you can always ask people to do. Go and figure something out. If they can't figure it out, before you come back and ask me, think about a possible solution for how this problem could be taken care of. That just gets them and trains them to think about ways to solve the problem instead of, again, coming back to you and just asking for an answer to a question, right? We need to figure out how to get that critical thinking juices going, right? So... One of the things that I've been reading and I would suggest that you look into it is a book called Buy Back Your Time by Dan Martell. This is an awesome, awesome book. And it just talks about time and money and how you can hand things off effectively, especially with an executive assistant. The one thing that he talks about is the most most time sucker in most every business is email and your calendar. They are the worst culprits. It is draining and it also just takes up so much time. I mean, if you're looking for more time to design or more time to cultivate relationships or referral sources, you're probably spending a lot of time in your email and your calendar. And so if you're feeling this way, I would suggest that you start writing down what you're working on for a couple of days and how long things are taking. It will become very clear what you're spending your time on. I had done this prior to hiring my executive assistant and I realized that there was so much time spent on administrative tasks. It was shocking. I knew there was a lot, but I didn't know it was quite so much. And then I realized, no wonder I'm not getting as much done as I want to, because I'm spending so much time in email, scheduling back and forth and just doing tasks that I, can hand off to other people. So start writing down what you're working on for a couple of days with the amount of time that you're spending. And also if you're getting questions and things like that, write that down as well because you start to see a pattern. And then think about who could help you with these some of these items. An assistant can be, of course it can be full-time, but it also can be part-time. This person can be in person. They can be virtual as well. My executive assistant is a virtual assistant. And although she is in another country, she works US hours. And we communicate via, we're using right now, we're using Slack, which is essentially like a texting app that we can use. And then I use Trello for project management. So she's on my Trello board. And then we also will talk via zoom. Her English is absolutely perfect and very personable. And so we have a lot of communication with each other. So definitely look into, you know, what you would need for your business. Full-time, part-time in-person or virtual, all those are available. And sometimes you can get that part-time virtual person for, um, it just really very affordable and it's something that you can really implement very quickly. But I encourage you to look into what you're spending your time on and really think about those dollar amounts to the types of things that you're working on. I think it's going to be really eye opening eye opening and be sure to check out the book, buy back your time by Dan Martell. I think you're going to really like it. I'll put it in the show notes and I hope that you guys can start freeing up some time in your business to do the things that light you up and that are the most profitable. We'll talk again soon. See you later, see you later, bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Six Figure Designer Podcast. If you're ready to make six figures in your interior design business, then check out my Design Business Bootcamp. Our next session starts soon. So let's get you to six figures stat.